the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise, designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Well, hello, my friends. How are you today? Oh, what a remarkable day. <clears throat> you look at the news and you go, oh, maybe not so remarkable. But we're going to give you uh, some insights today with uh, the interview of several authors that is going to give you hope. Each book that we're going to be reviewing and each author carries hope with them, no matter what the topic of their uh, their book. So we're going to spend—this th- is a program that has eight segments, and I'm going to give uh, two segments per author and four authors to kind of share their wares, if you will. And uh, each author has a—, a different theme. The first two authors are going to have themes of intensity, basically, and uh, uh, challenges, uh, uh, death-related challenges, and the last two authors will be inspirational and life-bearing. All of them carry a similar theme of hope and expectation in God. My uh, co-host with me for the entire uh, the entire two hours is Neil Fraser. Hey, Neil. Hi. Well, you're, you're, you're not only a, the, one, the producer of the show, but you're also an author. So in the last segment, I think we're going to bring you on and talk about one of your books. So my listening friends, it's time right now to introduce our very first author, an amazing guy. I have only read about him, and, uh, but we're going to let him fill in the blanks. His name is Micah McElveen, and uh, his book, Dying for Purpose, man, oh, man, what a, a commanding title. Uh, Micah, I'm going to give you a freedom in these two segments to uh, cast your vision however you want. So I'm going to hand it to you to tell a little bit about yourself and then maybe read a segment and, and talk about it. We have two segments and I, uh, uh, of about uh, 10 minutes each, and Kaz has jumped in and abused your first few moments. <laughs> so allow me to hand it to you, uh, Micah, and tell the story. Uh, we're excited and listening. Well, yeah, thank you so much for having me on. As you shared, Dying for Purpose kind of has a little pop to it. Sure. Uh, so, uh, you know, we uh, at the end of the day, um, God has made each of us on purpose uh, for purpose. And before all of us, it's a, a path, um, a path designed by him, uniquely made uh, for us to walk in it and make the difference that he has called us to make. But there's, there's also a wide road that invites us to waste our lives on things that won't matter. And, and that's, really, uh, that's really where my story picked up. You know, I, I love ball, love playing ball, um, wanted to be a light-skinned Deion Sanders, fame, <laughs> glory, uh, money, you know, the American dream, and, and really just uh, resisted God's uh, direction for me. Uh, my, my father actually came up to me after a practice. I played football, basketball, baseball, and he said, son, you have the talent to play at the next level, but 
God's made you on pur- purpose for his purpose. Success is selling up his plan for your life. Oh, my. And I just remember that really kind of crystallized the internal tension. And um, and so I went home, big night, big uh, Thursday night uh, before a big football game on Friday. And about 2 a.m. in a wrestling match with God, I stood up in my room and I said, it's my life. This is what I want to do with my life. Just leave me alone. Uh, and and thought I had kind of settled it, um, if you will. And, and not too long after that, went down to to ride some waves. And I ran and dove uh, headlong into a, a huge wave. And as soon as I hit the water, I realized something had happened. Oh uh, something something went wrong. So so is this a fiction book or a biography, autobiography? It sounds like it's more of an autobiography point of view. So dig more deeply into this topic, uh, my friend Micah, because uh, you're going to tell us some captivating truths. And my listening friend, you may be identifying with some of the maladies that uh, Micah experienced, and this is supposed to be an inspiration to you not only to live your life a godly way, but also an inspiration for you to, if you want to be an author, now's the time. Micah McKelvey. Yeah, so the 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 book itself is it reads like a movie. Um it, it is um it's almost like parables, uh, so it's true story, but it's uh r- written in a very uh, engaging and entertaining way. And each chapter, there's 12 chapters, um has is chock full of principles um that uh, are are really there to help uh, draw people towards a life lived for Christ in a meaningful way and, and help people navigate pain and find purpose in pain. And, and, and obviously my story serves as a, um, really as a, is a platform through which people can, uh, can engage uh, God in their own story. And so, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I dropped off there, uh, it really, you know, having dove into a wave, and and then ultimately, I I found myself in the water, face down. Um, I'm groggy. Something's off. The next wave rolls me over. I can see the surface. I can see the air. But when I try to get up, my body won't work. Oh my! So here I am underwater. Um, there's nothing I can do. My lungs are screaming for breath. In a last ditch effort, I put my lips together, but instead of air. I catch water and I pass out. Um, and that is, that's where I'll just pick up here real quick. Um, reading on page 13. Okay. We have about uh, three minutes in this segment and then the next segment. So if you can do this within three minutes, help, help yourself, brother. Everything was quiet, but I was screaming inside. I was fading. I was fading in and out. Where's voice? Is someone coming for me? Does my brother know I'm hurt? Oh, God, where's my brother? My lungs are burning. Swim, I thought to myself. Swim. I'd grown up with a tremendous fear of drowning. As a kid, I'd rather be burned, shot, or any number of things than drowned. To be consciously held underwater created a terrible mental picture for me. I'm underwater now, not believing it was actually going to end this way. In times of trauma, the mind is surprisingly clear. I started to think. Slowly at first. Will my mom be okay? Then who is going to get my stuff when I'm gone? Is it really going to end this way? My greatest fear was coming true. I'm alive. I'm conscious. I'm drowning. I tried to move my arms. They wouldn't move. I opened my mouth to suck in air. 
but got watered instead. Someone was pulling down the shades in the sky. Everything grew dark, grainy. I could see the fiery eyes of my, the fiery backs of my eyelids. So I was found uh, five to seven minutes later, uh, no heartbeat, no pulse, no body functions, face down 150 yards from where I dove in. And that's where, that's where I died. That's oh, where I realized the death of my dreams. And, but that's also where I came to alive to uh, God's purpose and God's plan uh, for my life. My, my, my boy, this really sets the stage for the last your last segment, uh, I- I'm telling you, amazing, Micah McElveen, Dying for Purpose. We're going to talk more about this book, but also this is, the, I believe, one of the purposes that you wrote this book is to be an inspiration for other people to, when they're facing uh, earth, world, life-challenging situations, to know that there's a, an answer. <laughs> so would you That's mind right. joining it's, us for, after the commercial break, and we'll talk more about this and any way, any way that you want to... Uh, spin this in the last uh, your last segment. That would be great. Would that be okay, Micah? Yes, yes, sir. Well, so Micah and the rest of the team and I are getting ready to share some major insights for you, and he'll share some insights about how to get his book as well, which is called Dying for Purpose. When we come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. I cannot tell you what an honor it is to have Micah uh, McElveen uh, in the uh, interview slot for us in this first uh, 20 minutes of the show. This is the second of his two segments. And uh, Micah, what a remarkable story. And while people may not be able to identify with exactly the specifics, uh, we can all identify with confrontational things between us and God and the decisions that he's encouraging us to make and his solutions rather than ours. Can I ask you, Micah, first to to kind of give an access place for people to find out about your book, and then I'm going to have you just jump on in however, this is not a pun, but however you want to swim in this water is okay with me. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So you can uh, you can get the book on Amazon uh, or other online platforms. You can also go to the webpage, dyingforpurpose.com, but Amazon is definitely a great place to get the book. Very good. Well, lay it on us, brother. Where's your heart as far as uh, summarizing these things, and also uh, you are already an inspiration to our listeners, but uh, how would you like to carry this further? Yeah, you know, um, the 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 purpose of the book is not to really share my story. Of course, that's what's happening. I mean, I am technically sharing my story, but, you know, every parable that Jesus shared wasn't really about the Samaritan. It wasn't about the story. It's about the principles in the story that we could derive and pull from and and therefore impact our lives and help us be shaped more into his image. And so yes. even on the cover of the book, Dying for Purpose, it, the tagline is light for the lost, directions for the found. And so I hope mm. that, that people pick up the book and uh, are drawn towards the light of Christ in, in a fresh and a new way, uh, yes. someone who's searching, someone who's hurting, yes. and would see that he is there present, even in pain, even in suffering. Uh, and then for those that know Christ, uh, but are maybe 
either questioning their calling or, or just need a shot in the arm, encourage them on the, the path, or maybe or even just, just walking in a way that isn't most purposeful. Um, directions for the found, um, this, this, the individual stories that roll into a big story, which, which are crazy, by the way. Yes, I mean, yes, they're, yes. The, the, the God story in this whole thing is, is, is pretty wild, uh, yes. but it really is a blessing to people who want to run after God. Michael, may I ask you a question? Forgive me for being naive on this. Uh, what is your health status right now, your physical status? Um, because I think that plays a role in your, your, your story as well. Yes. So I do have some paralysis today, but I was totally quadriplegic, woke up in ICU, uh, don't remember much of the first week. Couldn't couldn't move anything on my body. Uh, my right big toe was the first thing I could move. Couldn't breathe on my own. Was on a halo halo for three months. Aspen neck brace for three months. So I was in traction for six months in the hospital for a long time. And really, God used as a, the third chapter is actually called the rehab, and it, it chronicles some of those 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 challenging periods. But God really used that to break me and then open me up to His purpose and His plan, but also Help me have um, eyes to see the broken in our world. And uh, he began to shift my personal posture from one of a self-serving, all about me, my gain, my glory, to to the, the, the actual life that Christ wants his people to live, uh, to, to care for the hurting, the poor, the disenfranchised. And brokenness comes in all different shapes and sizes. And I had to be broken to have my eyes open up to the broken and to actually begin to bear the heart of Christ as he calls us to all throughout his word, not to just know him, but to turn around and show him to a lost and dying world. Oh, my. Are, are you available for speaking as well as uh, book tours? Uh, are, are you yeah, doing that as well? Tell us just briefly about that, if you would, Micah. Yeah, so actually, I'm, I'm actually uh, in, in uh, Dothan, Alabama. I'll be preaching three services at a church out here tomorrow, I'll speak all over the country. Uh, really what happened is, God, you know, as you chronicle the story and the journey, God uh, opened up my heart to the broken, the lost, and ultimately ended up leading us to start a, a, a ministry in Africa. And so we actually work in East Africa, West Africa, and Haiti. Today, we're serving hundreds of thousands of the poorest people on planet Earth. There's 530 team members that are a uh, part of the Vapor Ministries team globally. And so I speak around the country, but it's not for uh, you know, share the gospel, encourage people with purpose, but it's, it's the, the, anything that happens at those engagements goes to the ministry, even the sale of the book. Uh, yes. I don't get anything from the book. It all goes to Vapor Ministries. So what, we're able to... Once again, the, 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 web, the, the website for that, Micah? Uh, Vapor Ministries is V-A-P-O-R ministries.org, vaporministries.org. Wow. You know, I can just, the Holy Spirit is just really stirring me uh, on this topic, because everybody has a moment in their life where it may not be exactly, you know, your circumstances, it, may, it certainly most likely will not be your circumstances, but everybody has a, I'll, I'll just say do or die opportunity, mm -hmm. and the decision that they make has eternal consequences. I'm going to set you free to to, yes, to minister to these to these people right now that are listening, uh, not as a big, large group of listeners, but to that one person on the other end of the yeah. radio right now, if you'd be so kind, Micah. Well, yeah. Well, for, if you're a child of God, um, we want to align our lives with his purpose. He came to seek and to save the lost, and he calls the found to join him on mission. And so whatever it is that you do vocationally, let it be to, 
um, used as a tool to point people to the love of God. And and if someone doesn't know Christ, uh, just know by personal experience we're not mortal. Um, and you can you can be a on your way to be a pro athlete one moment, and the next thing you know, woke up in a hospital bed and maybe don't make it. And so don't put off don't put off a decision of giving your life to Christ. Off life is like a vapor; oh it appears for a moment and it vanishes away. And and so live fully sold out for Him if you're in. Uh, and if you haven't given your life to Christ, today's the day. I'm going to make a statement. I want you to say, you know, you can say, yeah, you're right or you're totally wrong, Kaz. But there, there, there are two aspects of this. Number one, for your personal salvation and intimate relationship. But once you do that, God has a plan for you to impact other people. Mm-hmm. So it's actually a twofold uh, uh, commitment that you, your book and your life and lifestyle are testifying to. You want to speak a little bit to that? We've got, you know, four, minute, four or five uh, yeah. minutes left. Absolutely. We're... We're made by God on purpose for purpose. And for us at Vapor Ministries and for myself as an individual, um, it's it's actually very clear in the three statements that make up my life's purpose are meet needs, feed souls, and elevate God. So care for the poor and the hurting, uh, make disciples, and do it in a way that brings glory to God. And so, yeah, what is what is that true north? What are you living for? Uh, because eternity is forever. Life is like a vapor. And I, I encourage people at the end of the day, live for well done. Uh, that's what we're all about is totally sell out to that, which will matter uh, when your vapor is gone. Oh, my, 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 my. So an ind- individual is listening right now to what you're saying, the testimony. And while they may not have the exact malady or experience you've had, they have a do or die uh, thing that they're facing right now, and they just don't know how to solve it. But you have uh, a solution that God has showed you. Shown you. Would you like to spend uh, some time just speaking to that one person, that absolute one person, about not only giving it up for the Lord, but when you give it up for the Lord, He gives you so much more, Micah. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that. Um, the the abundant life is a life lived fully surrendered to the one who actually made life. Um, he gives us his presence. He gives us his spirit. He gives us purpose. He gives us direction. He gives us hope. He gives us a future. Um, he gives us a life worth um, living in a way that it will matter forever. And so what we trade when we give up the pursuit of things that won't matter when we die for that which for the pursuit of that which uh, will matter when we die, the trade is, uh, it's not sacrifice, it's smart. We get we get God, uh, we get His purpose, His presence, uh, and we get all the tools of heaven um, to to live this life in a way that it will matter forever. And that's that's a good trade in my book. Oh, it is. It definitely, definitely, definitely. Well, Mike, uh, Micah uh, McElveen, uh, one of the things that I, we're encouraging on this show, you know, because we have four different authors throughout this two-hour period of time, there may be some people out there that want to be authors as well. You know, and this can be an intimidating uh, commitment as well. But, you know, at the back end of the book of John, it says that uh, the works that Jesus did, if if you put them all to paper, uh, none of the— the world could not contain the books of what Jesus has done and also is doing. So that is a, a call to everybody who has an, a story or a heart cry to become an author as well. Would you like to spend a minute or two talking to potential authors and why it's so invaluable to put your 
uh, your uh, experiences to paper to impact other people, Micah? Yeah, you know, I well, yeah, I uh, I wrestled for a while on whether or not um, I should even do it, and you know, I don't, I didn't necessarily consider myself an author, writer, that type of thing. And there's so many books written, so why why clutter with some more noise? Um, and I had a guy uh, look at me one time. Uh, I was speaking at an organ, and he said, he said, you don't, he said, you don't get it. He said, it's not your story, and it's not about you. He said, your story is something God is writing for his purpose, and you don't have the right to be silent with it. And so I was in a position where, like, hey, sharing my story probably is maybe self-serving or it's talking about me, and I just want to talk about God in the Bible, which is good in that. But he helped me see that that God was writing a story to be stewarded. And so I think each person just needs to, to ask the question, how am I supposed to steward that? And for some, that may mean putting pen to paper, mm. and that's ultimately where where I landed. Wow, that's that's good. And but you have such a captivating story uh, about the overcoming of troubles uh, from one perspective. Some people may just go, you know, God has just given me nuances of revelation and things like that, things that are are comforting and and, and things that uh, other people need to know about that Holy Spirit has been teaching me on. They don't have to be an, an author that writes. Uh, the compelling novel mentality, they can just be reflect, reflective works. We're going to be uh, introducing some of these people in the, in the broadcast as well. So my listening friend, I, I'm just very privileged to know and get to hear about Micah McElveen, and he's going to be ministering on Sunday many of the things that he shared with you today. Any parting thoughts? We've got about 30 seconds before we have to take a break. Micah McElveen and dying yeah, there's, purpose. There's, yeah, there's, there's uh, no life like the one lived uh, for the things that will matter when we live no more. And so this is a, this life is but a vapor. Uh, He says it in James, he says it in Psalm 39, we are but a vapor. So my question is, is are you living for what will matter when it's gone? Oh my profound words. Micah, thank you for joining us on this uh, first portion of come together, San Diego. We have another author that has, uh, another book that, you know, it's not the, the reflective kind. It is actually uh, a, a kind that brings reality to your face and figuring out what to do with it. This uh, person's name is Polly uh, Bessner Walshin, and her to- listen to this topic to give you an idea. Daddy issues. She's going to be talking about things like that. It's going to blow you away. And Micah, thank you for spending some time with us. It's thank a, you. Been a, it's been a pleasure. God bless you, my friend. One quick website again. Uh, VaporMinistries.org, and then the book you can get at Amazon or DyingForPurpose.com. Very good. Micah, thanks for joining us. I'll be back with another remarkable author and a remarkable story that needs your attention when I come right back. More Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor is next on Praise. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Hello, my friends. Back again with a captivating overall topic, and that is reviewing some insights from uh, local authors and national authors as well. And it was a really uh, captivating and uh, informative first two segments but oh no, there's more. And I want to introduce you to a newfound friend. Actually, she and I have a number of different friends that I didn't even know we had friends until she mentioned this. And she's a remarkable lady. Her name is Polly 
Besner uh, Walshin, and uh, let me tell you the title of her book, and we're going to excavate this a little bit. It's called Daddy Issues. You know, with a title like that, you can kind of get a sense of maybe where she's going with this. So, uh, Polly, it's really good to have you, and I'm going to hand the baton over to you and kind of set the stage. And if you want to read a section of your book, that's fine. I'm going to, you know, you've got two uh, ten, approximate 10-minute segments to lay it on us, and however Holy Spirit has stirred you, I'm handing the baton to you, Polly. I, I love the baton. It's so awesome. So I'm so inspired by your book, and I'm so inspired by Micah's book and how he ended his segment. He just sounds amazing. So I'm just honored to be in company with such cool people. So I, I, I really appreciate it. I just wanted to thank you, first well, of all. You're, you're totally welcome. And you wrote what was on your heart. Some people may have reflective works and things like that, but this was on your heart because it, it ties in with um, things that have gone on not only in the world, but from your observation as well. I'm going to let you set the stage and lay it on us. All right. Daddy issues. I got it. So, yeah, well, you know, like a lot of us have them, right? We have daddy issues until we figure out who our real daddy is, and that's our papa in heaven. So the premise of my book is really based on the scripture of Malachi 4.6, and, you know, that's like a pretty typical, everybody's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's a really cool verse, you know, blah, blah, blah. But if you've never read it, and, and when you actually read it, you just say to yourself, wow, like, how how, how did I even miss that one? So it, it basically says that he will, he, God, will turn the hearts of parents to their children and the hearts of the children to the parents, or else, you know, and then it says destruction will come. Yeah, and, so you know, the, verse, and smite the earth with a curse and things. I mean, that, pretty hefty stuff. Well, so here's the statistics, and here's where we stand right now at the current state in America, is that we have 15 million single moms in America. We have 22 million kids right now today that are being raised in America without a father. And and as we all know, single parenthood is one of the most high causes of poverty. And it's also, you know, contributes to, you know, su- suicide, it contributes to depression, to drug abuse, to incarceration. And so um, I've been, I've wanted to write this book for about 20 years, honestly, at least 20 years. I even went to this ministry in, at the Rock Church. I used to go there. I don't go there currently, but I used to. Mm-hmm. And this wonderful woman started this ministry called Never Knew a Father's Love. And I went and I was like, wow, how did you do this? This is amazing. She had all these statistics and her name was Perry. And she just, she just really inspired me. She said, one day when you're ready, you're going to write a book too. And you're going to tell the whole world about what it's like to be a single parent. Because at that time I was a single parent too, struggling. My kids had a problem, you know, they, they really weren't around their father very much and it's all in the book. So that was about eight years ago. So when 2020 hit, you know, we were all just like, what do we do? I mean, after we got over 15 days to slow the curve, right? (laughs) We all started watching stupid videos on like how to organize your shelves and how to make cakes. And then when when we were, when we were all done with all the stupidity, I was like, okay, I am still at home. I, I don't know what I'm doing. My husband's trying to work. And, you know, I was a school teacher for years and I had lost my job. I got injured at work. Um, 
And so I was no longer teaching school, which was my passion. I was a, a school teacher at a, f- a few different schools. My favorite one was Farb, but when I got injured was Burbank Elementary. Hi, Burbank Elementary. And I got injured at work, and I could no longer work. So when I was home in 2020, I sat in my little apartment. It was like a condo down the street from my mom. I had this tiny little computer, and I just got a notebook, right? So I made 17 chapters because that's my number. Uh-huh. And I just started thinking about all my memories growing up and how could I help people out there not make the mistakes I made throughout my life that honestly, a lot of them I put myself into because I didn't know the love of my own father. Yes. So is is somewhere in the first segment or the second segment, uh, Polly, are you going to read an excerpt? Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got it. And I'm going to, and I have 20 minutes and I have it all lined out. I know exactly what I'm going to say. Then I better hand so, the baton anyways, back to you right now. No, I, no, I want you to jump in. I love you. <laughs> I love that. Like, I love the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Like, when Nisa was talking the other day on your radio station, I was like, this is so glorious. Because yes. I could Williamson, feel the Holy Spirit. Uh, last week. Yeah, she's awesome. So, anyway, um, so I started doing talk to text on my phone, right? Like, cause I don't know how to write. I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to put segments in the book of chronological order of my life and all the seminars that I've gone to. And I graduated from global awakening school of supernatural ministry at um, firewall church last year. And all that I'd gotten and all the church seminars I'd gone to and all the journals I had written. And I kind of started putting little segments into the sections. I would do talk to text. I would email myself the notes, then I would go into Word, and I would document it, and, you know, within eight months, I had finished all of it, and then it goes into editing and everything else. So, um, a little brief history, because I know you kind of wanted my testimony, and I'll just give it to you fast before I read my um, section so that we can can stay on task here. Um, So, my mother, uh, Claudia, her name in the book is Esther. We were, we lived in Arkansas when um, I was a little girl. My parents got divorced. And in the 70s, you know, moms pretty much kept the kids. So my dad didn't really come around a lot. He remarried, got a new family. Well, my dad got arrested and he did not want to do serve time in jail. So my dad faked his own suicide. He faked jumping off a bridge in Arkansas and he, and he faked killed himself. So it was like one day from my birthday or on my birthday, and this is all in the book. You know, I thought my dad was dead. The pastor came over and told me my father had passed away and that, you know, he killed himself. And just as a little girl, that trauma of just like what happened. And it was my, and it was my birthday. Right. So, so my dad, what had happened is, and I'll read this section in the, when I read in just a second, I'm just going to read for a couple minutes. Well, but the so point the, is you right. only have a minute and a half left in this segment. So, okay. Anyway, so my dad faked his own suicide. Then he came back to life. When I turned 16, I found out about it in the newspaper, which I'm going to read that article. And he came back into my life and I made a lot of bad decisions after that, even though I was raised in church as a kid. And so it's just my journey about the decisions I've made based on not knowing the love of the heavenly father and how much he loved me and always trying to prove I was enough for my own dad. Yes. And why would he do that? Well, yes. We're talking with Polly Betzner-Walson. 
in uh, her book, Daddy Issues. And uh, the last segment, when we come back from the commercial break, she's going to dig into some of the actual content of the book, read it, but also uh, kind of give you an analogy of the content because it is meant to be an inspiration for Y-O-U as well. Whether you're an author or you're just going through the daddy issues, she's going to have some solutions that you might find helpful. So Polly and I will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. And I am back with my guest for these next two segments and a remarkable book. Let me tell you, the title of the book is called Daddy Issues, and the author is Polly Bessner uh, Walshen. Polly, I'm going to hand it to you early because I know you want to read some from the book and give some insights on that. But before you do, Polly, before mm-hmm. you do, give us a way people can find <laughs> out more about the book and Y-O-U. Notice how I rhymed that. Okay. I, uh, you're so great. Okay, <laughs> so I, of course, I'm on Amazon, um, Polly it's just Polly Walshen on there, um, and it says Daddy Issues. I'm on Kindle. I'm also on Barnes & Noble. I do have a website. It's called the You, like, hey, you. You Got Daddy Issues. 2022 is on Instagram. You Got Daddy Issues on Facebook, and my website is www.yougotdaddyissues. <laughs> so you can find it all those different places. Very good. Now, jump on in. I mean, um, our listeners, okay. there, there are two, I think there are two basic uh, types of listeners here. Number one, people who have had or know people who have had or ha- are having daddy issues, and they need some insights from you. And the other ones are authors are going... Polly can do this. Uh, we can do this too. And you know about you. You took journal notes and things like that. And God give you gave you timing to assemble these together. So my listening friend, if you are one or the other or both, listen to what Polly has to say to you today. Ah, oh, <laughs> Polly, lay it so on. Great. All right. Well, so whoever's listening that wants to write a book, just remember, everybody has a book inside of them. We're yes. all different. I can't do what you can do. There's, I'm not a thumb. I might be a finger. You might be an ankle, but we're all necessary for bringing home, you know, the second coming of Christ, which yes. I think will probably be pretty, pretty soon. So this is in my Ford, and I just wanted to read a little bit about my dedication. So it says, this is a book dedicated to all the people that felt they weren't enough based on a lie that you told yourself. You are and always were plenty. This is a deep uncovering of the pain we inflict on ourselves based on not feeling loved or accepted by our parents. In my case, my dad was there and I wasn't there and I felt rejected. So you have a choice, my friend, to be your possibility or to be your story. This book will help you unlock the pain you have felt and launch you into your future you were always supposed to have. Now, if you pick this book up, I want you to know, because of the cover, it is a little scandalous, but it's not a book about anything like that. Yes, there are many references about God in this book, but it is specifically designed for all people, and particularly the lost, so they will see Jesus in everything. I picked this cover because... She is a dear friend of mine that never knew her own dad, and this caused many struggles in her own identity, so I knew it was perfect for the purpose of this book. And now I am going to go to when I found out that my dad was still alive. 
um, on page five in the first chapter, it's called In the Beginning. And so here it is. I will start with the article that opened Pandora's box and helped me piece so many pieces together that were such a mystery to me growing up. And one article in the paper, everything from six years old to 16 made sense. This is what I woke up to in the Arkansas paper when I went home for Thanksgiving at almost 16 years old. This was England, Arkansas, a little town. My entire family still lived there, but my mom and I. You better believe our phone was ringing first thing. So the article reads like this. Betzner arrested in Florida, Federal Narcotics Agency, Tuesday. Gary Wynn Betzner was indicted for the possession of 1,000 kilos of cocaine and was also in part of the Iran-Contra scandal. So the first paragraph kind of tells you all, oh I believe my. my dad was dead from, uh-huh, yeah, my dad was the pilot for the Iran-Contra scandal. So he is on C-SPAN, and he's on CNN. You can go look him up, Gary Betzner. That's why my middle name's still Betzner. It's B-E-T-Z-N-E-R? Yeah, on C-SPAN. Very good. And so... So when I found all that out, and I that so that's that that's kind of how I write. It's really just my whole life story, and then all, all the crazy adventures I've had. I mean, I've been Miss NASCAR, Miss Napa Tools. I've modeled all over the country, and it's just like I came full circle when I found Jesus again when I turned 35. And so my um, very last chapter of my book is actually a gentleman that lives here in San Diego. His name is Frederick Stutes, and he writes a, a beautiful letter to kids, and he goes and passes it out at San Diego State. And he's just an amazing man of God. I asked his permission to use it in the end of the book, and it's called An Intimate Message from God to You, Your Daddy Loves You. And it's every Bible verse that you could imagine that tells you that you were always and still are enough and how much your dad in heaven loves you, like Psalms 37.4 or um, Ephesians 3.20. I'm able to do more than you could ever possibly imagine. Second Thessalonians 2.16-17 says, For I am your greatest encourager. And it's an entire, like, I think there's 70 verses there that will tell you just to read it, like, how much, how much your father in heaven loves you. So I just, this book is just completely written and there is a documentary coming out now. It is secular and it was shot here in San Diego and it's coming out um, on April the 9th and it is about my book and it's um, about my dad's life. And so there's a three part documentary series and um you know, my goal in doing it, I said yes, because I want to get this book in as many, as many people's hands as possible, A, so they don't make the mistakes I made, and B, so they can honestly get, not from being Christianese, but get how much Jesus loves them for real, and not through religion, but actually like a relationship with Jesus and, and the Father. Yes, that is so exactly right. Uh, Polly, now on in the book, and the docudrama that is coming docu-series. out, docu series yeah. that is coming out, uh, a lot of it has to do with your dad, whose last name is Betzner, B E T Z N E R. And I mean, he was right. Iran Contra. I mean, they're, they're, if people that have a mem- are old enough to have a memory of things like that, that was a gigantic, yeah. humongous deal. And uh, for mm-hmm. him to be, you know, doing pilot, pilot piloting uh, in the midst of this thing. 
What a remarkable story. But how much of this did you know? Any, any, you knew he was a pilot growing up, but is that as far as it went? Or what's that story? Yeah, about? We've got about three minutes left. Yeah, those, those 10 years that he was a fugitive, um, you know, the CIA actually came to my father and said, hey, like, you're a fugitive. Do you want to go to jail? Or you want to make some money? So they oh allowed him to fly the guns down to the um, the Contras and then fly the drugs back. And he did that for like four or five. He did that for a long time and made millions of dollars. And, you know, my mother was a single mom. She's just the rock of my life. And, you know, she never saw a penny of any of that money because he was supposed to be dead. But once he came back to life. You know, then, you know, there was like, I was almost kidnapped and then people oh would show up at my house and they wanted to know like what I was because they thought my dad was going to, you know, rat him out. So, and so you're, you're saying did. that your dad, uh, uh, the cover story from the, uh, the, the government agency or agencies mm-hmm. uh, kind mm-hmm. of Im- Im- implied or suggested his death, uh, suicidal mm-hmm. death. And that was an excuse mm-hmm. to actually be able to use him for their ulterior motives. What a remarkable story. And here you are right mm. in the thick of it. Now we've got about two and a half yeah. or three minutes left. Where would you like to take this, Polly? And I'm going to say Polly Walshin, W-A-L-S-H. Yeah. Oh, you're so good. So I just, you know, honestly, after I found out my dad was still alive when I was 16, it just blew me away. You know, my mom, I was raised in a Christian school in the South and then we moved to New York and then we moved to L.A., so I could model and stuff and we moved back to Atlanta and I just I just created so much unnecessary drama for myself because I was just searching for like am I what was wrong with me that he wouldn't tell me and like you know why did he pick the other family and they knew and just all those things you know for years I just I just was in search of not being good enough honestly until I just really sat down. Actually, the deal sealer was about two weeks ago. Even after the book I wrote, I did a sozo inner healing with a dear friend of mine named Michelle Franklin here in San Diego. And it just unlocked so many things that I didn't even get. And the Holy Spirit moved. And I realized my name actually meant the gift. And I flew to Arkansas last week and I saw my father. And he asked me, how many bad things in that book are in there about me? I said, Dad, there's a lot. I mean, it's all true, Dad. You know, like I didn't do it to disrespect you. I love you. I said, do you want to have a legacy of being the largest drug smuggler in U.S. history? Or do you want to have a legacy that you leave behind that thousands of people read this book and understand that whatever happened with their father as a child had nothing to do with them not being good enough and that you set thousands free. And he got teary eyed and he was like, fine, I think the book's great. And I have a picture of me and him like hugging and I signed it for him and told him like I loved him. And he told me he loved me and it was just amazing. And that literally just happened like 12 days ago. Oh my, you know, we're talking with Polly Walsh in a book called, uh, daddy issues, and uh, I, I'm sure you know you got may have daddy issues. My listening friend as well, but nothing exactly like this one. I can <laughs> promise you. But nonetheless, the daddy issues are an issue for all of us. And we've got uh, maybe 30 seconds left. So, how would you like to encourage our listeners before we go to a break? There, Polly. I guess a website I would also. Them. Yeah, I would encourage them to go to my website, the you got daddy issues.com. Go on Amazon, order the book, go get it 
for I think it's not very expensive on Kindle. And I'm not just promoting my book. That's not what I care about. I want people to be set free and honestly know that you were created for so much. And, you know, whatever mess you've made in your life, it can be your message to set so many other people free so that they don't have to walk through life in pain oh of not feeling like they're good enough. My, my, my. Polly uh, Betzner uh, Walshin and the book called Daddy Issues. <clears throat> and her closing thought is turn your mess into a message that changes lives. Polly, thank you so much for spending time with us. <laughs> So my listening friend, up next, we're going to have some other people that are authors as well, talking about some uh, reflections about God and uh, beholding uh, the Lord and things like that that are going to actually take these challenging issues and bring Holy Spirit into them in different ways than you've ever imagined. When I come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Come together, San Diego, with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. Well, hello, my friends. We're back with uh, some uh, moving and shaking authors uh, with different uh, themes. uh, And we've spent the first two uh, authors talking about intensive, very intensive things. Uh, One with a book uh, called Daddy Issues and the other book was called Dying for Purpose. You can tell of the intensity on this. But one of the things, if you are an author, my listening friend, or you want to be an author, you you, you choose your own uh, genre. And and this lady is a remarkable lady, and she and I have been friends for a long time. And her her genre is listening to God and Holy Spirit and writing down the things that he, the, the, the the Godhead says, and she calls the book Quiet Reflections and her name is Yutha Scholl. Hello, Yutha. How are you? Hi, I'm doing really good. I'm excited to be on your show. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, just a quick story about her. She and I have been uh, ministering together for quite some time, years, I think. Uh, we There was a thing uh, at uh, Skyline Church when Jim Garlow was pastor there. It was a Wednesday night uh, venue with Judy and Keith Wade, and uh, we did some worship at the beginning, and uh, basically... Uh, Beth Nichols and Linda Sellers and I, we opened it up for other people to come in uh, that, are, that were there attending the prayer time. And the, the, the request was, if God gives you something, share it. And so this lady, uh, I would say a very unassuming lady, her name was Yutha Scholl, was there. And she garnered enough confidence to get up there and share some stuff on the microphone. And when she started sharing what the Holy Spirit was giving her, everybody's jaws dropped because she, she listens and she obeys and she has a boldness that her unassuming nature would not show you when you saw her. So I'm, that's just setting the stage for you. Now you've got a book called Quiet Reflections. <laughs> Youth of Shoal, I'm going to have you, I'm going to hand it off to you, and you've got the remainder of this segment and the next segment to share your wares. Youth of Shoal. Um, as you said, the name of my book is Quite Reflections. Um, it came out of two things, and the first one was <clears throat> I grew up in a very five sisters, very chaotic lifestyle, and um, as I got older and moved away from home, a lot of things were chaotic in my life. And I um, went into psychology to uh, try to figure things out, why this happened, why that happened, and um, there's no way to figure things out without God. 
Um, you can do all of your figuring and all your psychology, and I graduated in 2019. Um, but my passion has become because God began to speak to me of a quiet time. Um, early of a morning is my favorite time to write. And I began to journal. It was not a book at first. It was just a journal. And my aunt came down and said, Yutha, what is this? It was laying on the table. And I said, well, read it. And she said, you've got to put this into a folder. Well, that week I was um, listening to a TV show. And they wanted new authors. And I thought, well, why not? Why not? So I sent in like 10 pages of journaling. It was not a book at that time, just journaling. And it was in a week, the publisher called me and said, we're very interested. Do you have any more of this? Oh, really? And I honestly said to him, I realize now how crazy that sounds, but I said to him, no. And he <laughs> said, well, why did you send it in? I said, I'm not sure. Something prompted me in the spirit to send it in. And he said, but I think you have a lot to say to people who need to find a quietness in their life. So I said, he said, I tell you what, you pray about this week. I'll pray about it. Friday, I'll call you. If we're both in agreement, this should become a book. He said, I'll walk you through the process. So I prayed about it all week. I prayed about it all week. I wrote the book originally for my granddaughter um, because I had been through so many things in my life and I wanted her to be aware that there was a way out, that as she got older, it was to be given to her on her 18th birthday. So it was a very personal a journal, a very personal journal. And I decided to go forward, and the publisher was gracious enough to help me put it. I got an editor on my own um, privately, and we put it into book form. And now here I am. This is actually my second book. I've written four, but this is my second book and probably um, the most favored of all of them is Quiet Reflections. Oh, my. I um, came about this one because my passion has become finding ways to come away from the noise of our lives. And lives are very chaotic and noisy right now. Um, Combining my love of scripture with what I have learned And this is where I'm at. And when I first started talking in the church, like you said, I had no confidence that I even heard from God. And I'd get up there so nervous and shaking. And now I realize, put those things into a book. And so I have. And like I said, this is my second book. And um, it came about, this one did also by a comment someone once said to me talking about quiet times. She was very chaotic and over the top. And I asked her, did you spend any time before God? And she says, oh, my goodness, God would have to shout over the noise and busyness of my life in order for me to hear him. So this book, Quiet Reflection, is reflection of that. I research pressure cooking and marinating time with God. Oh, my. We can pressure cook and get it done in five or 10 minutes, we say, okay, God, I got 10 minutes here. I'm going to talk to you. And there's nothing wrong with that. But God desires the heart, that heart to heart, spirit to spirit, that quiet time that we find. um, If it means getting up, sometimes I have, because I have a a four-year-old beagle and a a nine-week-old puppy and um, a husband and a son and 
um, on and on and on. And I would get up at two in the morning and write and journal. It was a journal. And I still journal. And in journaling, I found out I have a fourth book. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I don't know what to do with it yet. I, it's not in book form yet. But um, my journaling, um, what I'd like to do, um, and something to say, just what I learned was all after the words listen and silent are written with the same letters. My, my, my. If you think about that, you think about, oh my goodness, um, the first thing you need to do is establish who you are in Christ. Satan um, accuses us, he accuses us in our ear, in our our minds in our eyes, who are you? And so I'd like to read just um, the first page in my book, the first chapter is Who Am I? Okay, so we've got about a minute and a half. We've got about a minute and a half here. Would you like to do it here or on the other side of the break, Youth the Show? Uh, Maybe on the other side of the break. Um, One of of the things that you spoke about, and it really is endearing to me, I love the Psalms, I love King David, and I love some of the things that he said in particular. And this one you talked about early in the morning, you you pursue the Lord. And that's one of the times, as as a writer myself, that's where I get really, really good stuff because I haven't been influenced by the day. And the Scripture begins early in the morning, will I rise up and I will seek you, and my soul thirsts after you. Um, Why don't you start by just giving a real encouragement to our listening friends who want to journal or have been journaling, and maybe God wants to have them turn it into the book book as well. Uh, Just quickly, a 30-second encouragement to our listening friends, and then we'll come back and you can read from your book. In the morning, before you reach for your cell phone, which most of us do, um, make it your heart's cry. I have yearned for your voice in the night. My spirit is so earnestly seeking you. Um, to grant you a quiet heart before your day. God spoke to King David's heart in times of trouble. Be still and know that I am God. That is Psalms 46.10. And it was true then and, and it's true now. Yeah. So my listening friend, Yutha Scholl is going to come back in the, the second segment of her, her her time together with us right now. She's going to talk about her book, Quiet Reflections, but she's going to share uh, some of the content of this book. And we're both praying that this inspires you, number one, to take what God has given you and expand on it because God's got plans for you and authoring a book or journal may be part of it. And the other part is you're you're here for a purpose. Discover that purpose and activate it within your life and lifestyle. Youth of Shoal and Quiet Reflections and Kaz and team will return. More Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor is next on K-Praise. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor on K-Praise. Welcome back, my friends. Come Together San Diego. Our purpose is to do things on this air that causes the body of Christ throughout San Diego and elsewhere to come together. One of the ways that people can come together is by writing books or writing different things that uh, God gives them, journals or whatever, and sharing them with others. The sharing them with others part is vital to this. You know, you may have, my listening friend, you may have written journals and you may go, some of these are fairly interesting. Maybe I need to get them published. Well, this is the time. We're in a time right now where God's calling you to be whom you've been called to be, but share your successes, your failures, your doubts, and your 
confidences uh, with other people and let God use you to introduce himself. Uh, speaking of that, Esther, uh, at Yutha, forgive me, Yutha, Yutha Scholl uh, mm-hmm. is, is, is a remarkable author. She's written a number of books, but the ones we're talking about right now deal with quiet reflections. I'm going to hand it over to you because I know you want to do some reading uh, in, in the book and then also some uh, encouragements tied to that reading. But before you do, if you would be so kind, Yutha, to give us a website <laughs> so people can find out how to order your books. Um, you can find them on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Kindle. And um, I'm kind of praying. This is a silent prayer. I'd love to be in Hobby Lobby. I was in there the other day and saw all these books, and I went, oh, I would love to be in Hobby Lobby. So I'm praying about that. But that's just not right now. <laughs> uh, okay. It's up I to wanted, you. Go ahead. What I wanted to share was um, – In a quiet time, the first thing you have to establish, like I said, is who you are in Christ. And in today's identity crisis time, I think that is so, so, so important. And the first chapter page of my book says, who am I? Father, I would like to walk so close to you on this cloudy day where the political thunderclouds are rolling so I can hear your heartbeat within me. Satan whispers in my ear, who are you that the God of the universe would reside in you? Yet I asked you, Lord, who am I that you would die on a cross for me outside the gates of the city? You took my punishment that the world would inflict on me, yet you are the very son of God. Who am I, I ask, that you came to earth to make a way so that you wouldn't have to live in heaven without me? Your love stretches from the cross to the farthest horizon, touching hearts, touching lives. Who am I? The next time Satan accuses you and asks you, maybe you want to be an author, and he said, well, who are you that you could write a book? Well, that's the way I felt. It's like, who am I? I, I'm just journaling to my granddaughter. Um, So the next time Satan questions you, who are you in your identity, in your beliefs, in your church? Who am I? I? What kind of ministry could I have? What kind of author would I be? Um, God kind of shoved me through the door. Um, <laughs> kind of. He did. He shoved me through the door, and here I am. Um, so the next time Satan questions, you reach up, straighten your crown, and say, Who, me? I'm a child of the king. God gives me this gift. This comes from God. And look Satan in the eye and said, I am purposely going to follow Christ. His love touches the farthest horizons and that's where I'm at and uh, my intent in writing the book was to take people on a journey to come away from the noise of many voices particularly political sometimes even religious um, voices um, to reflect on the spirit that's within us to let it marinate not pressure cook Um, so come I ask take this journey with me we'll travel together we'll laugh we'll cry Sometimes we'll just pause and reflect. Ralph Waldo Emerson says it best, be silent so you can hear the whispers of God. Oh, my. And I truly believe as you develop a quiet heart before him, that he will come speak to you in the night. If you find yourself waking up at night, maybe God wants to talk. Maybe you're so busy, that's the only time he can talk. So instead of pulling the covers over your head, stumble to wherever you can write quietly And God will begin to speak to your heart. He will begin to just 
um, say that I love you like he did King David. And God said, I knew his heart. Joshua lingered in the tent of the meeting after after Moses left. God knew his heart and he become the leader after Moses because God knew his heart. And I believe that was everything in me. It needs to be a, a quiet uh, a quiet, reflective time. God does not have a cell phone. You can't call up and say, you're not going to believe, or you can't <laughs> say a text and say, I want to have coffee. God is there waiting spirit to spirit. And sometimes we wish God had a cell phone because then we would just yak, 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 yak. But would we listen? Would right. we be still and hear the whispers of God if we could yak, yak, yak our side of it? Um so that's where I'm at, Kaz. I just, um, as you quiet your heart before him, um, like I said, the words listen and silence struck me one day as they have the same letters. So if that's true, and it is, then we need to listen to that silence inside of us, that heartbeat that that I was seeking, that heartbeat I was seeking inside me to say God is really there. And in our identity crisis world of who we are, I think it is so important to say, who am I? I'm a child of the King. That's right. And you know, the delightful thing about that, I believe you, you and I have the same heart on this. Everybody is a different, has a different character trait or personality. And some of the things that you, my listening friend, have experienced will impact another person like nobody else can. So part of your task will be listening, maybe journaling, and then see where the Holy Spirit t- takes that. I'm looking through your book, um, uh, Yutha, and, and, and I, uh, you know, it's Quiet Reflections by Yutha Scholl, and as I'm looking at the contents, you, you made it so easy. This is not a hard read. Uh, if you can read uh, a, an abbreviated page, then you can read her book <laughs> and you can go down yeah. her uh, almost, you know, a big chunk of the, of the uh, uh, entries uh, are uh, less than a page and they are, they have nuances that are Holy Spirit driven. I'm just looking through the titles here, you know, who, who am I above the stars? Just listen, warrior bride, seasons of life, s- circle of life, your servant listens. Um, all these things, you know, in the morning, my friend, if you get this book, you can kind of go down her uh, contents and you go, ooh, this is what I need. Peace be still. I need to hear about that. And you, you don't have to be a reader and read 30 or 40 pages to get her point. You can read it in one or uh, one and a half pages. It's remarkable. Um, we've got about three minutes left in this segment, which is your, your closing segment. I've got another author coming in behind you. But uh, okay. what kind of words of encouragement do you want to give? You've already done quite a bit of that. But put, put yourself in the position of these people that are, that are listening to what uh, you have to say. Many of them are, have a level of anxiety. You talked about governmental things. You talked about church-related things. Uh, they may be having concerns about the things that they're seeing on the news or the fake news or the almost fake news, <laughs> and they don't know what to do about it. And uh, Or they're in a church environment, and what they're seeing uh, happen doesn't really align with what their heart of hearts is telling them. What would you tell these people in the next couple minutes here, Yutha Scholl? Um, my favorite thing to talk about is to, uh, I marked it, uh, to love worship. Um, God called us, 
um, now I'm going to go to my index real, real quick because I wrote something in here. Why worship? Um, and out of worship comes out of worship comes. Um, we were created for worship, but how can we worship that again? That which we do not know. If we say we want to know God as our Father, we must pray for understanding. As we pray by ourselves during a church service, our hearts must be first impacted by worship. Without worship, hearts preceding learning, we have head knowledge only. And I would say that worship changes the hardest of hearts. And so you need to find a group of people like I had with Kaz and them that encourage you, which they did. And I would get up there, like I said, nervous and, oh, my gosh, I can't even speak. And sometimes I couldn't, but I did. And... um you need to learn to worship to find that quiet time um, because the world is in chaos right now. And I just got a video today, I'll say real quick, of some Uranian um, people in a subway singing worship songs, hiding from the bombs. My, my. And they were singing worship songs. And that made my heart just cry out, God, that's what you want to hear. You want us to worship even in the darkest even when we don't understand um, what's going on around us, yes. we worship. And that's what I would like to share. Um, and we need and we need to say with King David in Psalms 116, because he bends down to listen, I will pray and worship as long as I have breath. Oh, my, that's and wonderful. That, that's my testimony. <laughs> my, my, my. You know, and the Scripture says that God inhabits the praises of his people. And one of the things that we can really do, and you don't have to have an orchestra or uh, any big complement of people. You can do it in the privacy of your own home and your own uh, closet, if you will, and just worship and praise God. And all of a sudden, all these uh, the spirit of heaviness has gone from you. Yutha Scholl has not only lived that, but she has written about it, and her book entitled Quiet Reflections illustrates that. One more quick time on how people can find this book, Yutha Scholl. Um, on Amazon, or um, just type in my name, Yutha Scholl. Or spell that um, for everybody, would you? Because this is oh, just Yutha. just like you as a person. You're unusual in a good way, and so is your name. So spell that for us. My name means to believe, and it's spelled Yutha E U T H A Scholl S C H O L L. And um, what, when I found out what my name kind of meant, it was after I had been through so much oh that I just prayed and prayed before God and teach me to believe. And yes. so that's where I'm at. Very good. Quiet Reflections, Yutha Shoal. My dear friend, thank you so much. And keep your uh, journaling. Who knows how many more gazillion books that God has to you <laughs> and through you. So my listening friend, I hope that has been a, a, a thrill for you. Yutha Scholl, I know her personally, a powerful author, but a powerful person and a powerful lifestyle. My listening friend, up next, we're going to be dealing with beholding the unveiling of Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation. <laughs> it's going to blow your mind. And our author is also our producer here. Come Together San Diego, Neil Fraser. So my listening friend, we will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. Well, hello, my friends. You know, I hope uh, just listening to this show, we've had three of four 
authors on to share their wares with you. I hope this is an inspiration for you that uh, you might want to do some writing or at least journaling and see where the Lord takes that. I'm excited about this next guest because he's more than a guest. He's one of our producers here on Come Together San Diego and has been since the inception of the show and a producer with me on other broadcasts that I've done. His name is Neil Fraser. Hey, Neil. Hi, guys. <laughs> You've uh, written a number of... You're, you're, I, I called you to one of my other friends a book machine, because when God gives you stuff, you, you don't ponder very long. You go, okay, and then so you, you, you're you obedient, you you write, and they are remarkable. And you, you have a... How would you define your genre? Um, a devotional, contemplative, Worshipful uh, prayers. Yeah, I'll tell you what, it's all of that and more. And the book we're going to be reviewing right now is called Beholding the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Volume 1. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of stuff in here. And, you know, you and I have been palling around for a long time, decades, actually. And uh, we know one another very very well, I think. Yes, and we I know how your heart works. You you. This is the guy, if there's a worship thing, he's the first one there and the last one to leave because he's so in, invested and vested into this kind of a thing. He's, he gives it all. He just gives it all. And his heart cry for pursuit of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is uh, to, to be, uh, uh, what do I want to say, an inspiration to you. So uh, I, before you go too far, I want to just share, uh, Youth Shoal was the author in our last segment. She uh, wrote one of several books called Quiet Reflections, Youth is Show. One of the things she said is that the publisher pursued her mm-hmm. and asked her to publish. This, My listening friend, if you think everybody has to deal with it that way, that's not so. I've presented a lot of books and a lot of ideas to a lot of people. I don't know about you, Neil, you're self-published. Yes. And so, so, but, you know, there's a scripture in Habakkuk that says, write the vision, make it plain upon tables. Uh, that people that read it may run with it for the vision is for an appointed time. And so sometimes the vision that you and I have is for an appointed time, and that appointed time may not be instantly, and therefore we have to kind of pursue what God wants to do as far as publishing. Would you agree? Uh, Yes, I do. And so let's talk a little bit about you, your book, and the purpose behind your book called Beholding the Unveiling of Jesus Christ. Neil Fraser. Um, I, I take really serious in my life the first commandment, to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You do. And it's, I believe that we're all called to do certain things, to be witnesses, to uh, uh, feed the poor, to, to there's a lot of things uh, that we're called to do. But what's really most important to me is what we're called to become. Say that and again. That's that. That's notable, my friend. We're called to do a lot of things, but to, the real core issues and the thing that's become most important is, in my life is what we're called to be, what we're called to become. Oh, I love it. And when you look at your life, and uh, uh, the first author, Micah, mentioned that life is uh, but a vapor. vapor. Yeah. And in this short life, what I feel most uh, called to and to encourage others to uh, uh, take seriously is coming into an intimacy with God Ooh. that can happen in this life in a unique way that won't happen when we're on the other side of, of eternity. Of this, of eternity. <laughs> uh, we won't need the same engagement that we do now because it'll oh just be natural. 
And there's transformations that happen in, in us. The Bible calls it uh, sanctification. But there's things that happen inside of us and that thrill God's heart that we can do in, only in this life. Oh my. And I find so rewarding uh, discovering God and craving him and adoring him yes. and, and realizing what it means to become the body of Christ, yes. to become him, to be transformed into his image. One of the things that you do, and I really appreciate this, when you say God, you're talking about the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Yes. And uh, your books reflect that. And this book, Beholding the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, deals with those aspects of the Godhead, and that's remarkable. And one of the things that we're going to spend time on today is you actually wrote within this book, you kind of went into the book of the Revelation, mm-hmm. and you, you, you kind of dealt with the, the different churches in the book of the Revelation, and you, you, your observation of how God sees each one, you know, a lot of those, a lot of the churches were very troublesome. There were things going on, but and we think God wants to judge. God wants to judge. But you talk about mercy as it relates to judgment. What should, you gave me a thought about that phraseology. Is there a scripture tied to that? Uh, yes, in the Psalms it says that mercy triumphs over judgment. Wow, we're going to find out what that means as we read through some of your your uh, takes here. Where would you? We've got about three. Can you believe it? Kaz uh, spoke so long I took away some of your time. Sorry about <laughs> That's that. That's okay. <laughs> um, with that much time, I'll just read one of the. Uh, uh, letters to the churches and response. And uh, uh, this one is the first one, uh, the Church of Ephesus. And uh, this is the one where uh, they have a lot of positive things about him, about about their discipline and things like that, but it says that they've lost their first love, Ooh. and that's the uh, uh, exhortation there, to return to that love. And um, this is a Jesus love letter to that, to the overcomers of that church. You are my favorite. You are my first love. I love the way you first loved me from the start. So pure, so authentic. It melted my heart. You being you. You beholding me. You being beheld by me. That is what I have and always will desire most. I've given myself to walk with you hand in hand. But then you got distracted. You stopped gazing at me face to face. Inevitably, you drifted away. Yet you stood strong in the challenges of life that naturally came. You got busy trying to please me by doing more. You got busy trying to please me by improving yourself. You wanted to make me proud of you. You wanted to be worthy of me loving you more. Which means you thought I didn't love you enough. Oh. That is the only thing that makes me sad, for in every nanosecond throughout all of time, I have loved you completely and unconditionally. Rejoin the intimate journey that has always been been there for you to enjoy with me. Come eat of the tree of life. I exhort you based on the emptiness you feel. I exhort you based on your memories of what it was like when we first met and walked together. Mm. No regrets, just come back. Behold, now is the day and the hour. Now there is grace to say yes to my invitation. Abide in me, your first love, once again. I implore you, just say yes. Oh, my. And this is the book uh, of the Church of Ephesus. Ephesus. And we also see the writings of Paul in Ephesians as well. Correct. A lot of of things going on there. And uh, of the uh, seven churches, actually two of them had a, a a fully good 
report card, and the other ones had some adjustments that needed mm-hmm. to be made. And Smyrna is one of them, the suffering church, but also the Church of Philadelphia, the worshiping church and the Key of David church. You know how yeah. much I love that. So we, we have about, uh, I would say, 30 seconds or so okay. for you to bring this portion to a close and set the stage for what you're going to do in the next segment. Where are we going to go and what are we going to learn as we uh, visit another book in the book of Revelation, another church? Neil. Uh, Yes. Uh, Jesus revealed himself uh, in a very strong way in chapter one of Revelation, and he took different parts of how he revealed himself in that chapter, and to each of the seven churches, Mm. took a portion of that and revealed him that way to them. Can we excavate that in the next segment? Yes. And my listening friend, this is a book called Beholding the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, and people can find out more about this book how? Uh, On Amazon, uh, just with my name, Neil Frazier, N-E-I-L-F-R-A-S-E-R, and uh, you can find all my books with my name and the word Beholding, and it'll give a list of all my books on Amazon. Neil Frazier, producer extraordinaire and author extraordinaire. We're going to find out more about what his God's insights to the different churches uh, in the book of the Revelation and how they may pertain to you and me when we come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Hello there, my friends. Kaz here with the producer and also author, Neil Fraser. Hey, Neil. Hi, Kaz. You know, I love the first segment of your your time with us here. And, uh, you know, talking about different churches in the the book of the Revelation. Uh, And there are seven churches. And a lot of people go, oh, that was written back then. I don't have to worry about it. You need to look at the content of these things. The Bible talks about that which was, is, and that which is, shall be. There's nothing new under the sun. These letters to the churches have pertinence for us today. That's right. Um, Each letter is meant for each person that reads the Bible. Mm. Uh, We can take all of these, just like we take the epistles uh, in the... uh, these are Jesus's seven epistles, just like we have Paul's epistles and John yes, and yes, Peter's yes. and Jude's. I, I, yeah, that's so true. And you spent a lot of time uh, in the seven, uh, the seven different churches in the mm-hmm. book of the Revelation. And my listening friend, as you read through these, God's going to stir your heart on some of these phrases because you may say, yeah, I know about that or I'm experiencing that. And how, how does God want me to uh, make adjustments? But one of the things that you, you say in the beginning of these letters is you are my favorite. That's right. You are my That's favorite. Right. So each one's his favorite. That that means each. We have to realize that God is not being judgmental in this. In fact, you used a, a verse earlier on uh, talking about mercy triumph over judgment. Mm-hmm. And and if we can comprehend the actual character of God, it changes the rules quite a bit, and also gives us great impetus to make the changes. You're going to spend some time talking about the Church of Laodicea. Is that right? Yes. I'm going to hand the baton to you, and, and then we'll walk past the clock here as we do this. Neil Fraser. Uh, the church in Laodicea is the one where the most common uh, phrase that we think of is that they were the church that was lukewarm mm-hmm. and neither hot or cold, and God wanted them one or the way or the other. Uh, and that's often how we view this as a very negative church, and there's no no, no strengths listed in this short uh, letter from Jesus in the Scriptures. But there's a heart behind it that uh, he, he asked them to pursue um, 
um, sight and to pursue uh, divine nature, and uh, he doesn't, and he gives them hope in in that in the in the scripture when you read it, and this is what uh, God gave me when uh, I was writing, uh, transcribing as it were a love letter based on this passage. You are my favorite. You are a blank canvas for me to paint me on. Overcomers, you have escaped the trap of mediocrity. You have placed all your hope in me. I love the way you have no self-achievement to lean on, only who you become in me. You are my masterpiece, my poem. It's in your heart to lean on me. I add my yes and amen. Purchase with the blood I shed my divine nature. Purchase with the blood I shed gold refined by fire. Purchase with the blood I shed pure white garments to remove the nakedness of your sin. Purchase with the blood I shed eye salve so you can see. May all scales drop from your eyes. May all, yes, all doubt fall away. Everything you need and everything you were always meant to be, I freely offer you. You are my masterpiece, my poem. My promises to you are yes and amen. I see your end from before your beginning. It has always been true. It is true now. It will always be true. You are my masterpiece, my poem. I am the you you are becoming. Will you abandon all pretense that you don't need me? I come to abide with you. Will you open your door for me? Will you dine with me? Will you dine on me? Will you rule and reign with me? Will you accept my scepter, the one I'm extending to you now? I implore you, just say yes. Oh my, I implore you to say yes. You know, one of the things that this church brings out, and we have to look at the church environment today, especially Mm -hmm. with all the, uh, you know, jab things and all the take this things and wear this stuff and all the different mandates that are going on. It is the temptation is to be lukewarm in your decision for for you know, living a Christ-like life, mm-hmm. as in uh, as in uh, com- not complacency but compromise. That can be a very dangerous thing. And so, a lot of uh, the church today has to look in the mirror and say, "Am I being lukewarm in certain things? Am I standing based on even if it's going to cost me the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and loving not my life unto the death?" That's a a big commitment. But it's really the only commitment to go, and lukewarmness is kind of like, you know, I go this way now. And that was also the church that he said, uh, uh, I knock at the door of your heart, open the door, and come in. And that that comes out in the letter that I read. Uh, But that scripture is also to that church. My, so uh, Can I just have one minute just to read the response? Each Each of these letters, I wrote a response letter back to Jesus based on the love letter. And I'm just going to read this one for Laodicea. You are my favorite. You blessed me to be your blank canvas. It is only by your grace I didn't fall. follow the majority of those in Laodicea who got bogged down and unconsciously settled for being lukewarm. You choose me. You smile down on me. You enable me to walk out your plan for me. I'm sealed with your sure amen. I am your masterpiece, your mm-hmm. poem. Thank you for not detouring me with the appearance of success by getting close to you by my own efforts. Those efforts would have had to have been dismantled. My life and our union were destined to have their foundations and growth solely sourced in you. 
and your shed blood. I gratefully apply that blood. Thank you for your inwrought divine nature. It far surpasses the value of all earth's gold. Thank you for your garments. I am not ashamed. Thank you for your eye salve. I can see. I am your masterpiece, your poem. I agree with all you invite me into. I resonate with your heartbeat. I thrill that your top priority is intimate communion with me. I trust all you have planned for us to experience together. Thank you for the grace to say yes. (laughs) Neil Fraser, this is remarkable. My listening friend, I hope these words are an encouragement to you. You know, we'll, we'll go away from this session realizing that mercy is the thing that triumphs over judgment. And if you think God is a judgmental God, you don't understand God. And one of the things that Neil does, and I've seen him do this, is he spends intimate time uh, with the Lord, and maybe at the beach or maybe in some other environment, but you spend the time and you pay attention to what he says. And my listening friend, as you do that, God is going to give you nuggets as well, and he may just be calling you to become an author as well, or just a journal, being uh, writing a journal. And if it gets published, great. If not, you, you've uh, excelled in God's intent anyway because you've become intimate with him. We've got about a minute, a minute and a half left. How would you like to say a phrase or two? And once again, how people can find out more about your book. And then we'll close this thing down, Producer Neil. Uh, my books can be found on uh, Amazon with the searching of Neil Frazier Beholding. And um, uh, to me, it's uh, the, the fact that Jesus walked among the seven candlesticks, which mm. represent the seven churches that he wrote the letters to. Uh, it's a symbol of of the whole church. Come on. And he has this heart for each and every one of us. And he spoke it particularly to those regions, but it's for all of us. And I call this volume one because it covers the first three chapters of uh, uh, Revelation. And I'm currently writing volume two covering <laughs> the throne room, Jesus oh in the throne room, chapters four and five. My. Uh, but it, uh, it's exciting that uh, as he walked among those churches and revealed himself to them, he then takes that revelation and writes it to them. And and he'll uh, take things that he reveals to you and write them on your heart. My listening friend, I hope that is an inspiration to you. And this book entitled Beholding the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Volume 1. My listening friend, I hope this broadcast has been helpful to you on one from one point of view to become an author or maybe just journal at least and see what happens. That's how I began journaling. And all of a sudden I saw there were things in there that maybe needed to be published. And uh, the, the other component is maybe the content of what you've heard throughout these four different authors today will be an inspiration to you. Neil Fraser, my producer, thank you for joining us. My listening friend, thank you for joining us. And uh, the whole heart cry of come together, San Diego is for us to come together. Neil and my listening friend, God bless you. See you next week. Thanks for joining Cass Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on K-Praise. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.